Hello and welcome. I'm Kate Taylor and this is my second attempt at a podcast. I am stealing Andrew Taylor's platform from Philosocast and today I'm going to follow up my last episode by looking specifically at Eric Williams's decline thesis, which will prepare you, or my history students in particular, for moving on to cover the economic debate surrounding the abolition of the slave trade. Once again, this is to support A-level history students who are following the Edexcel syllabus. I want to start by drawing links to our last factor, the humanitarian debate. Now, traditionally, there has been an attempt to support the importance of the abolitionists' uh, movement by considering the timing that was employed by humanitarians. The moral questions that were raised must have been significant and impressive to counteract the excesses of wealth that were flowing into Britain from the trade. In particular, next time, we will look at Bristol and Glasgow as centres of this wealth. However, more recent historians have come to question this. Surely if the trade was so prosperous, then cries for morality would have fallen on deaf ears if they had for so long before. Therefore, more and more historians have been drawn to the idea that there must have been an economic shift to allow this to happen. Now, one such theory is that industrialisation brought with it a need for paid labour, and the argument that slave labour was in fact a barrier to continued prosperity. Consider the carrot and the stick. How long can you be motivated by the fear of the stick? How committed are employees? How high quality is their work if all that motivates them is the stick? The first person to question this was Eric Williams in his 1944 book Capitalism and Slavery. Now, bit of a disclaimer here. Williams's thesis is extremely critical in its view of abolitionists and he goes as far as to argue that every action, not just abolition, is motivated by economic considerations. And herein lies the basis of much of the criticism of Williams, especially from those such as Drescher, who we'll cover later. However, Williams's argument does throw up some interesting questions. If abolitionists were truly motivated by humanitarian concerns, then why did their work not also include helping the poverty-stricken of Britain? Slum housing, child labour, exploitation of men and women, the outrages of the poor houses. Why were they ignored? Williams therefore argues that the motivation for abolition only came about in the late 1700s because the trade was becoming unprofitable. Now, the evidence for and against this and the validity of this claim will be more detailed covered in my next episode. However, for Williams, he argues that as profit declined, it promoted alternative systems of labour. He also claims that the continental blockade, which came with the Napoleonic Wars, made abolition essential if older colonies such as the West Indies were to survive. Older colonies were well stocked with both slaves and supplies and therefore there is some validity in this claim. Despite this, Drescher's argument to the contrary is that abolition did in fact do more to undermine the slave trade than uh, the abolitionists did themselves. He does agree that Williams's work is a seminal text 
and that the importance Williams places on economic considerations should not be overlooked. For instance, is it too great a leap to think that the economic downturn of the slave trade simply made it easier to openly criticise its morality? And I think this is a good opportunity to consider your other themes. Was the poor law questioned in 1834 because of moral arguments or because of the cost of something like the Spean-Hamlin system? Were factories reformed in 1833 because it was the right thing to do or because it protected the health of the workers only so they could work longer? To summarise, Williams's claims that economic debate decline in the slave trade must be at the centre of our abolitionist considerations. And despite the opposing view that abolition was econocide, in the words of Drescher, it does open up the debate for next time. Once again, thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this and found it helpful or even better interesting. Thanks again to Philosocast for helping me. See you next time.